Well, praise God. Man, are y'all glad to be in church today? Amen. Well, get your Bibles out this morning. I want to share a new word with you this morning and open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you how I got on this message. You know, the Lord always uses usually things that are going on in my life and around me to show me what he wants me to preach. And so the other morning or the other day, I, I, and I pray this doesn't get me cut off, but uh, I, was, I was just, uh, I was wanting to do some research. I just wanted information, okay? And so I was wondering how many children between the ages of 5 and 11 have died of COVID. And that's all I want to know. I just wasn't looking for anything evil. I just wanted to know what the data was in there. So I went to a certain search engine and I typed in there and I got all this information, which told me nothing but how all five to 11 year old children need to be vaccinated. And I said, well, that's not what I'm looking for. And I went through it, went through it, went through it. And I said, wait a minute. So I used another search engine and immediately the very first one came up, boom, there it was. Exactly the CDC's, how many, the report, everything it was, and the number and all that. And so I was like, huh, isn't that funny? So I tried another something. And I typed it in, and I put it, and I ran through one search engine, and I got nothing. And then I ran it through the other search engine, boom, first article popped up. And I said, hey, man, now I have proof that something's fishy. <laughs> Because I'm not getting the information that I'm looking for by using this. I mean, it was just obvious. Okay, it was obvious. So that's how this message came about. Okay, which is the title of the message is destroying the lies of the devil or the enemy, destroying the lives of the the lies of the enemy. So Ephesians 6:10 tells us this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, the, that word there, if you go look it up, wiles, it means craftiness. It means, you know, sneakiness, subtlety. You know, this is what it means, the wiles. It doesn't, it's not just like you walked outside and there's a line in your front yard with a sign on it saying, I'm going to eat you. It's pretty obvious, Right. No, it's a subtle thing that you're not thinking about. You don't really notice. It just kind of blends in, okay? And it says, against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I've told you this for two years now. We're not everything going on right now. You're seeing it's not about liberals and Demo uh, liberals and progressives and Democrats and Republicans and all this kind of stuff. No, no, it's about good and evil. It's about the devil and, and God. It's a battle going on for the lives and the souls of people. Now, if people could just reduce it and get to an understanding that basically it's really simple. All right. The devil wants everybody to go to hell with him and God wants everybody to go to heaven with him. But man has to make a choice. So there's something being played right now called, I'm, I'm using this term, PSYOPs. If you've been in the military, you've ever looked around, uh, know anything, PSYOPs is basically disinformation that's being put into play to try to get, uh, you know, governments toppled or whatever. I actually found this on a website 
and I want to read it to you. This is the definition, okay? Psychological, PSYOP stands for psychological operations. Operations that convey select information, select information, and indicators to audiences to influence their emotions, motives, and objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of governments, organization, groups, and individuals. Now, I just got this off of a website, okay? This is, I didn't write this up. This is their definition for what PSYOPs means. It goes on and it says, PSYOPs can encourage popular discontent with the opposition leadership and by combining persuasion with a credible threat, degrade an adversary's ability to conduct or sustain military operations. They can also disrupt, confuse, and protract the adversary's decision-making process, undermining command and control. When properly employed, PSYOPs has the potential to save lives of friendlies or enemy forces by reducing, listen, reducing the adversary's will to fight. By lowering the adversary's morale and then its efficiency, PSYOPs can also discourage aggressive actions by creating disaffection within their ranks and ultimately leading to surrender. Okay, this, I'm just getting this. I'm just, I didn't make this up. This is what it says. In order for PSYOPs to be successful, listen to this, they must be based in reality. All messages must have a consistent, must be consistent and must not contradict each other. Any gap between the product and the reality will be quickly noticed. A credible truth must be present, which is consistent to all audiences. In other words, they take a piece of truth, right? And then they twist it to where there is a little bit of truth in there, but it's just not the real truth or what's really right. For instance, the devil will come to you and say, God doesn't love you. Okay, in that statement, there is an element of truth. Truth being, there is a God. Truth in that he's a God of love. Disinformation, he doesn't love you. Are you following me? So if the enemy can come in there and his wiles and his schemes and plant a thought within your mind that gets you off track, gets you off base, gets you running with disinformation, According to what PSYOP says here, it is, it's going to cause you to become discontented, lose morale, and lose willingness to fight. You see, the devil's not stupid. Been around forever. He's seen what, how everything works. So what he wants to do is to try to get as many people to believe his PSYOP's information, his disinformation, to try to get them off sidetracked. He doesn't care how you get sidetracked. He just cares that you get sidetracked. He just cares that you miss the mark. He, just, he doesn't care if you miss it big or little, whatever. And he uses select information for different people in different groups because he knows that that's what will get them off. And others, he uses other information to them because he knows that's what's going to get them off 
because he knows the same information, one broad spread, it's not going to work. Now, let's just think about this for a minute. We think, oh, I don't know. It's pretty bad, Pastor. But listen to me. Every day, every day, if you watch any television or listen to any uh, radio, you're going to have a certain amount of disinformation given to you. Hello? Now, I don't, don't anybody get offended with me. I'm just going to throw this all out there, okay? Have you ever seen some overweight people eating ice cream at a certain store or certain business, and that's what they put on the TV and send out? Have you ever seen a commercial with a family sitting around a table eating like at a restaurant showing advertising that restaurant and they're all sitting there on their cell phones? No, they always show all the people sitting there. They're happy. They're all talking. Oh, yeah, this is the greatest thing in the world. They're eating. Oh, this is the greatest food in my life. Oh, God. Right? Everything you see is all make-believe. Clothing people, do you think that clothing manufacturers care what your style is? Why do they come out with new styles of clothes? Because you quit buying the old ones or you have enough of them. They're for sales. They're for making money. So they want to get everybody looking at these new clothes, new pants, new shoes, new whatever, right? And get you to believe in that that's, you're going to look better if you wear it. Now, have you ever seen somebody that didn't look too good as the model they put out there? Because the imagery comes into your mind, the psyops comes into your mind. If I only had that pair of pants, I would look like that. I saw a pit, uh, the, uh, an advertisement came over the other day, and it was like this new weight loss pill for men. And the guy on there, like, I mean, he has had to work out his whole entire life. This dude was ripped. I mean, you know, 20-inch biceps on him. And he's there like, yeah, I took the pill. Like, like he didn't look like that yesterday. You know, like you just took it, woke up the next morning. I'm like, come on, folks. I mean, you know, I'm not going to believe that. I just don't believe it. But why would they want to put somebody else on there? They wanted to project an imagery to you to say, if I have that pill, I'll look like that. Right? In, a, in, a, in, a, in essence, that's psyops to you. That's information going to you, plugging at you, but it's trying to get you to spend money. Right? Because that's what it's all about. It's about dollars. All right? It's just about dollars. But the devil, it's not about dollars. The devil is doing psyops on you to take you to hell or at least drag you through part of it. All right? He wants you to miss the blessings of God. He wants you to miss the love of God. He wants you to miss the grace of God. He wants you miserable. He wants you tormented because the devil's information always takes you into a place that is in fear and torment. If you want to know today, if you want to just do a quick health check on your thinking, if you're in fear and torment in any place in your thinking right now, you've gotten psyoped by the devil. You're believing a lie. You're not believing the truth. Okay? Now, it goes, look back at Ephesians 6, look at verse 16. It says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So there's a way to stop it. There's a way to stop that information, that disinformation from coming into you. And it's by faith in God's truth that destroys 
the lie of the enemy. But if you don't do something about it and you just listen to it, it will destroy you. Okay. I want to give you a few scriptures here. I'm going to go a little fast because I, I want to try to see if I can get through this thing today. Galatians chapter 4, verse 9. Galatians chapter 4, verse 9. It says, but now after you have known God, notice that, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how it is that you have turned again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage. In other words, you can be knowing God and God knowing you and in a relationship with him and still get off track. So just because you're a Christian, just because you've gotten saved, just because you know that if you die, you're going to go to heaven, that doesn't stop you from being bombarded with disinformation. Hello? So Paul already, as a church in Galatia, he's just been started, just gotten going, and they've already gotten off track. Everybody say, I don't want to get off track. Okay, let me show you another one. Go to John chapter 8, John 8, Gospel of John 8, 44. John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil, and the desire of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he's a liar and the father of it. Okay, you got to understand something, church, and I, I, I don't want to get political here this morning, although I, sometimes I do get political, but I, I just this morning, I'm just trying to get you to understand about disinformation. But right now, I believe we're being bombarded with the biggest amount of disinformation that we've ever been bombarded with. That's what I believe, okay? I do not believe that there are government officials sitting around a big round table, drinking coffee with tears in their eyes, trying to figure out how they can help us. I don't believe that they're worried about our, our 401ks, your retirement funds, uh, your health. I don't even believe they're worried about your health. Uh, I, I, I just don't believe they're sitting around saying, poor people of America, we need to help them. We need to do more for them to just bless the whole lot. I don't believe that's happening, okay? I believe everything's being done in malicious ways in order to line their pockets and, 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 and feather their their agendas and their causes, okay? That's what I believe. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying they're the devil, but I'm saying that comes from the basis of what this scripture says, the father of lies. I believe once when a person gets to listening to the voice of the devil, whether they realize it or not, they begin to listen to the voice of the devil so much that they begin to act out everything he wants them to do so they become vessels of his schemes and wiles to perpetrate, to hurt more people. That's what I believe, okay? So what I want to do this today is I want to take, I think I've got three here this morning. I'm going to try to get over. Three things that I, that I believe that the word, I'm going to lay it out to you. It's so obvious. It's, it, it, you can't, you, you have to not believe the Bible to not believe what I'm preaching this morning. Three lies that the enemy tries to put upon people. I have a whole bunch more, but that's in to come. But three I want to address this morning that lies of the enemy, and I believe if you've bought into this, if I'm preaching this, whether you're out there watching, listening, 
are sitting in here today. And when I say, when I go through this, if something pricks on the inside of you that you have either heard that voice say that to you, or you're really believing it this morning, I'm believing at the end of the service as I pray over you, that lie will be broken. That psyops that's been played on you is going to be broken, and you will be able to hear the truth and walk in the truth, okay? So that's where I'm headed with this. That's why I'm only taking three this morning. So the first one is, I want you to go to Psalms 139, verse 1. And the first lie is, God doesn't know me or care about me. One time I, well, I'll get into that in a minute. God doesn't know me or care about me. Have you ever heard that, that before? Nobody cares for me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody really, you know, I want to get into loves me in a minute, but cares about me. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm not important. That, that, if you've ever heard that, that is the devil's psyops channel you got plugged into and you heard it. If you believe it this morning, well, then we're going to break that lie. Psalms 139.1. David says here, oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You are my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. All my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before, and you've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Then he goes on to say, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, well, behold, you're there. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand has led me and your right hand shall hold me. David said, there's nowhere, nothing you can do, no matter how much you messed up, no matter how deep you went, no matter how much darkness is in your life, no matter what you've done, that God's not there with you. Hear what I'm saying, folks. The devil wants us to think that God's nowhere around if we're walking through a circumstance and a problem. He wants to feed you the information. Oh, if God was here, he wouldn't let that happen to you. You're not important. You're not important. You're not worthy. God looks down on you. He's not going to be there with you. When the whole truth is, there's nowhere you can go, no matter what you've done, that you can miss God's spirit because he is there with you at all times. Oh, man. Think about that, church. Nowhere you can go. So no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how alone you may feel, that feeling of alone has come from being psyoped by the devil of misinformation because the truth of the matter is the truth of God's word is there and nowhere you can get out of that God's presence is not right there with you, that he knows your thoughts, he knows right what's going on, that he's right there with you. Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen. Go to Hebrews 4.13. Hebrews 4.13 says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. God sees everything. He knows what's going on. He knows where you are. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows your concerns. He knows your worries. He knows your, your fears. He knows your faith. He knows everything. You're not going to hide anything from him. If you think you're hiding something from God, boy, I hate to tell you. 
I mean, when you're going to God sheepishly trying to say, uh, God, I, he's, he already, he's, yeah, I know. I know what you did. I still love you, and I was there with you when you did it, but yeah, I know. What do you want to do about it? You're not hiding anything from God, okay? I, had a, I have a friend, and, 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 and I've gotten on him several times in life because he, he, he seems to feel like that if, if, you just don't, if you just don't look at God or think about God or go to church or direct anything to prayer, for heaven's sakes, don't read the Bible or listen to Christian music, then as long as you're not doing anything too bad, then you're not going to get in trouble with God. That's his thinking came from his theology from raised up in church. Just, you know, like basically as you were, <laughs> I'm not going to use that example. <clears throat> um, um, yeah, I will. As you were a kid trying to sneak back in the house, just wanting to get in there and get in your bed before your parents caught you, you thought if they didn't catch you, then you were free. No, but God knows everything. He was there. Knew what was going on. You're not pulling the wool over his eyes. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. Not that I ever did that, mother. Last week, she was sending me text as I was going through there and saying, I heard that. Matthew 10, 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I, I, that, this is one of the scriptures that always blows my mind. Because it's like, how do they tally that up every day? It says they're all numbered. Well, Robert lost number 46, number 32, number 28 today. So you can reach up right now, grab hold of one of your hairs, pull it out, and something happened in heaven. <laughs> Had to count it down. The very hairs of your hair are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than a sparrow. If the very hairs on your head are numbered, God knows exactly what's going on. He knows how many birds fall to the ground. He knows how many hairs you got on your head. You don't think that he knows right where you're at and what's going on. But see, the devil comes in and he says, yeah, but see, you wouldn't be hurting or you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be feeling like you are. You wouldn't be in this emotional distress or if, if God was with you, then this wouldn't be happening. Oh, you're being fed the commercial. You're being fed the psyops. Because the truth of the matter is if you'd stand up because it says faith quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. And you stop right then and turn around and say, God, you know, this is what your promise is. Your promise says you're always with me. Your promise says that you know right where I'm at. Your promise says that you're going to deliver me. Your promise is anything I ask you right now, it'll be taking place in heaven. All of a sudden, the psyops of the enemy stops. And now all of a sudden, you've directed your, heaven, your, your, your prayer and your attention towards heaven. You've gotten into the flow of the, of the goodness of God. Now he's coming into now inside of your brain and your heart. God is releasing the promise so then he can start to move and start to work out there in the life and do something for you. But as long as you're standing in what the devil said and repeating what the devil said and standing there saying, I don't know how we're going to make it. God doesn't even know what's going on. He cared for me. He gone. As long as you're reciting the devil's rhetoric, he, God can't move on your behalf. Ooh, I am preaching good. You think about it. You think about it, church. Oh, let's just say, for an instance, that everything you say to your mouth happens. You know how many dead people that have said, it's just like a report every day. So-and-so died, and, uh, you know, no one knows how, just died. Walking down the street, dropped dead. I mean, it would be a mess. But you know that what you have put faith in that comes out of your mouth, it does come to pass. 
The other day, I was putting a tire on a, on a trailer. And so I was being so careful because I didn't want to smash my finger. I just got it in my head I was going to smash my finger. And so I just was being so careful with everything, jacking it up, putting it in there, and got the, 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 nut, the lug nuts off of it and everything. And I was changing the tire on a rope. Man, I was being like Nancy boy crazy about trying not to get hurt. Go in there, put it in there, went to lift up the tire to put it on there. And you know how you're trying to do that if the, if the, you know, you're trying to get the lug nuts on there and sometimes the, I mean, the, the lug bolts and they don't go quite in there. You know, you kind of got to turn it and it wasn't cooperating too good. And I stuck my fingers in the, in there watching what I was doing, just watching what I was doing. I said, okay, you, you know, you're good. You, you can do it. And I did it and it slipped in there. And I mean, I caught the end of my thumb. And I took it off and said, I knew it was going to happen. And then I thought to myself, huh, isn't that funny? I sat here thinking it was going to happen, knew it was going to happen, talked about it was going to happen. Did I ever stop and pray, God, don't let me smash my thumb. Did I ever stop and say anything out of my mouth? I thought it till it happened. And I said, well, you just deserve that. Just hurt. <laughs> I'm going to push on you. And this just reminds you of being stupid. But I thought it till it came to pass. Now, I don't think I've ever smashed my finger before putting on a tire. So why did I have that thought? Where did it come from? Devil's psyop got me, man. He psyoped me till I smashed my thumb. My point is, church, see, if God knows what's going on, he knows everything that's taking place, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to get in line with God's truth? Or are you going to keep listening to the lie of the enemy? Okay, here's number two. God doesn't love me. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This one's a big one. I remember one time I got in trouble as a young man and took my punishment and was outside. And I remember putting my head down. I was young. I said, ah, nobody loves me. That was the first thought that came to my mind. Nobody loves me. But, you know, I grew out of that and began to believe that God does love me and got saved. And my point is here. The devil uses this on people more than just about anything. God doesn't love you. If God loved you, nothing would go wrong. If God loved you, he'd have moved in this behalf. If God loves you, you'd have never walked through this trial. If God loves you, everything would be, you know, you'd have won the lotto. Imagine a few of you have bought a lotto ticket before and said, God, if you love me, let me win. I did. When the first Lotto got up to like $360 million. I thought, oh man, imagine $360 million. And I heard some stupid preacher say in his church, well, if anybody wins Lotto, that's the devil's money. And I'm not going to, you know, they don't even bring that to church. And I thought, you're a fool. I can put some holy water on that thing, clean it up quick. And then I thought, well, I can't win if I don't have a ticket. And I remember walking in, never bought a Lotto ticket in my life. And this is just like two years ago. Never bought one. Went into there and said, how do you buy a lotto ticket? The person looked at me like, where are you from? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Never bought one before, but I can't win $360 million if I don't have a ticket. Anyway, I didn't win. But God says he loves you. And the devil says he doesn't. So the devil tries to use all these schemes, 
All these things, people and their lives and what goes on in their lives and, 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 and how it affects your lives. He does all these things. But folks, if you ever get down in your heart, listen to me this. If you ever get down in your heart that God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth and all that are in, loves you, specifically you, you are loved by God, your whole life changes. Because then all of a sudden, you can believe the promises. You know God's for you. You know he's, he's there with you. He's going to take you through everything. God loves me. It's the one thing the devil works on harder than anything to say God, about uh, keeping people out of God's love. Because God's love has an ability to heal you. God's love has the ability to set you free. God's love has the ability to put your feet on the right path and headed down the right road in the right direction. Yes, Lord. But without that true knowledge inside of you, you mess up. Now, my wife and I were coming up on 42 years of marriage. And I love her with all of my heart. I mean, that woman's special to me. You can come up and tell me I'm a dirty, rotten, no good for nothing. That's okay. Mess with my wife. Boy, I tell you what, you might get whipped. And if I can't whip you, then I find a stick. And if I can't do that, well, I'll just keep moving on up until I find something I can. But I'm telling you, she's precious to me. She loves me. And I love her. And I feel her love. And I know her love. But even what we have between us after 42 years of marriage is really nothing compared to with the love of God. Because it says here in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated, he demonstrated, he showed us, he demonstrated his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't, God didn't love us. Because we got saved, he loved us before we were saved. He loved you when you were a dirty, rotten, stinking, no good, smelly old sinner. When you were headed to hell, going to bust the gates wide open, God loved you. And this is what blows people's mind because we have selective love. We love it when it's nice to us. Nobody likes to go to a restaurant and get food that's not good. You don't go in there and say, oh, I just come here and eat. The food's terrible, but I just love them. Hello? Nobody's going to do that. Unless a family member owns the restaurant. And if that's the case, then you're going to tell them, you know, your food really is terrible. Can you fix it? Not God. God's so amazing. He loved you when you were the, you were something that if came into his presence would have just burned up. He sent his son down to die for you. That revelation, church, hear that. That revelation, if God, I, I don't know how many times I've stopped in life and said, man, God, if you loved me enough to give me Jesus, certainly I can walk through this. Certainly you have something good planned for me. The devil is a liar. It's not like he's portraying it to be. It's not like he's making it to be. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be safe from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received the reconciliation. Everybody say, God loves me. Look at the person beside you and say, God loves you. Folks, you just... You, you, you cannot let the enemy lie to you in this area of God's love. 
Oh, you hadn't done everything perfect. None of us have. That's why we have grace. You're not perfect. God knows it because he knows how many hairs fell off your head this morning when you combed it. All right? But you did something. I, I, I don't even have English words to be able to explain it to you. When you gave your heart to Jesus, when you asked him to be your Lord and Savior, when his blood was applied to your life, you did something at that moment that is so precious to God because you believed in his son. Folks, listen, if he loved you when you were a sinner, how much more so now? Because the smartest decision you ever made in life was giving your heart to Jesus. I don't care what you invented. I don't care how much business you did. I don't care if you bought the stock that went up, you know, a gazillion points. The smartest thing you ever did was make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Hello? So you cannot let the devil psyop you on does God love you. It's an, it's an ended point. God loves you. End of story. He doesn't love you by how you perform. He's not have love. He has agape love. He doesn't have love like we do. We love you if you perform. Right? Okay. That was the second one. First one is, what was it? God doesn't care. Second one is, God loves you. The third one is, God can't use me. Romans 5.17. Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who have received the abundance of grace. That would be you, right? That would be you, the ones who have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. What does it say? Will reign in life. Now, I don't know about y'all, but reigning doesn't mean just existing, right? Reigning means you're on top. You're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're supposed to reign in life. Conquer, be a conqueror, more than a conqueror, an overcomer. That's what God has planned for you. And you're sitting around saying, God can't use me. I've done too much in the past. Oh, I was too bad. Oh, I did this. Oh, God can't. Oh. Over there just being the, 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 the side one of the PSYOPs album of the devil. I'll date myself here. Some of y'all are worse than this, but before there were eight tracks. We had 45s. You bought one of them puppies, you got two songs. One on one side, one on the other. Now, why are we doing that? Why are we going around and letting the devil tell us these things rather than walking around saying, yeah, it's the greatest thing in the world. I don't know why everybody's not saved. Man, goodness gracious, God loved me when I was a sinner. and Jesus died for me and his blood washed over my life, gave me my sins. Man, I'm right. I'm going to heaven. And everybody said, you're an idiot. You always were an idiot. Yeah, I am, but I'm a saved idiot now. <laughs> Praise God by the blood of Jesus. Right? God can't use you. Now, here's one that's familiar to, to you, but go to Jeremiah 29, 11. I want your eyes to fall on it. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. This is God's thoughts, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future 
and a hope. The thoughts that God thinks towards you are thoughts of peace and giving you a good future and a hope. That's what God's thinking about you. The Bible says God's thoughts towards you are, are more numerous than the sand of the sea. So all I'm saying is, is that just imagine, put yourself in the position of God for just a minute, and you love someone so much, you love them not according to the works that they've done, not according to all the goodness that they are, not because they're beautiful, not because they're, you know, smell good, not because of the right height and the right everything. No, no, no. You love them because you just love them. And that person that you love is sitting around saying, oh, God doesn't love me. He doesn't think care about me. How would that make you feel? Yeah. I mean, we want our children to love us. But this is even more so than that. And God's sitting there and his attitude towards me. You see, folks, this is how you destroy. This is how you destroy the lies the enemy has sown into you. You sit there and you say, God, you love me. You do care about me. And, and you have a great future for me and a great hope. And then the silence goes to the psyops playing in your head. It gets turned off. Now, if you tune back in, it's going to come back. But if you just shut it up and stop it, then all of a sudden, the world stops. The enemy that's coming against you, the, the worry, the fear, the, the torment ends because all of a sudden you're sitting there saying, man, God, you made a whole world, this beautiful world, everything I look into, all of this, you, look, you made everything around me in six days and sat down and rested. And I can guarantee you can fix this problem. And so then what do you do? You put one foot in front of the other and you keep walking forward with a smile on your face, rejoicing, saying, man, I tell you what, I got it made. I got it made. I want to give you one last scripture for today. Zephaniah, Old Testament, Zephaniah. If you don't know where it is, go look at the front of the concordance. Zephaniah 3.17. This scripture, of all the scriptures I've ever read that blew my mind, is just a mind-blowing scripture of God's love for humanity. Zephaniah 3.17. It says, the Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Now just think about God rejoicing over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. Here we go. And he will rejoice over you with singing. What? God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, is going to sing over you, is going to rejoice over you with singing? I can see the love. I can see the being saved. I can see him being glad you're in there, but now he's going to sing over you? Woo, man! That's out there. That God's going to sing over you. What do you think he sings? I just know if God's that... That outlandish, I don't think he makes up a new song for each and every one of you. You know? Last night, I, was, I, I, I had, had my YouTube out, and I typed in 
stars singing Amazing Grace. Boom, hit it. And so it came up with all these different people, all these different stars singing Amazing Grace, the song Amazing Grace. And I started just watching this thing and just I'd click on one and, you know, say, what did they, how'd they sing it? You know, there was people like Aretha Franklin. There was, you know, uh, and then they got into this. Then I, then I delved and went down the rabbit hole some more. And then I started finding all these other people, people I never even heard of before, you know, and singing. And I came across this one. It didn't give me much information. All I know, it was in Berlin, Germany. It was 200 bagpipers. You ever seen it? 200 bagpipers playing Amazing Grace. You could probably type 200 bagpipers in there and find it. And, and, and the, the, I mean, I got chills in the bed watching because, you know, I, I know nothing about bagpipes unless it, they either sound really good or they sound really bad. There's no in between. One sounds like a cat just got run over, you know, and the other one sounds beautiful. But, you know, when they, I don't even know how it works. I just can tell you what I can hear. Somehow they're pressing air and they're, they're, it's making this. And that sound was going on in this big, giant, looked like a soccer field or something, you know. And these 200 bagpipers is at night and they're singing. There was this guy singing. His voice was, man, unbelievable. And they were singing amazing grace. And I thought to myself, my God. I mean, I was, I was almost brought to tears. It was just touched my heart so much, just thinking of the scene and everybody there and whatever. And I thought, my Lord, you know, that song is so known, Amazing Grace. And here this, this, this bagpipers are bagpiping it. I guess it's the way you say it. And this tone and the sounds they were making, and it was just, it, it just touched me. I thought to myself, God, you are so amazing. And I started just like finding myself praying, God, let people know how much you love them. I, I know you want them to, but I, I'm, uh, do whatever it takes, Lord, just create this day, this Sunday in y'all's hearts and everybody that's watching us. I, I just began to just cry out for each and every one of you saying, Lord, let people know how much you love them. Let them know that you're, you're so crazy, you'll sing over them. Because if, they, if you understand that God loves you, everything. And life changes. Your fears are gone. Your anxieties are gone. When you know that you know that God loves you. So what I want you to do right now is just put your, put your Bibles up. And I want to pray for you. I want to ask you just to stand. And Lord, come play something. Those of you watching, listening, I, I, get in on this prayer. Get your faith going on it right now. First of all, I got to tell you that if you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's really the first time you'll come to really understand the love of God. And if you've never made Jesus Christ your, the Lord and Savior of your heart, if you've never said, Jesus, I believe that you arose from the dead, I believe you're the Savior of the world, come into my life. Well, then you need to do that right now. Just simply turn right there and say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you. I believe in you. And you'll be born again. It'll touch you right there. But if you've known Jesus and you, you're in this building today or watching and you've listened to the lie of the devil, 
Maybe you've made some mistakes in life. Maybe some things haven't gone the way you thought they should. And you've been believing that lie that God doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. He's not watching over you. Well, I want to tell you that's a lie you've believed. And today's the day for you to rise up and believe the truth and dispel the enemy and his psyops playing in your head. So as I pray this prayer, remember what I told you at the beginning? Faith quenches every fiery dart. So I just ask you to turn your faith on and believe with me as I pray for you. Father, right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray over everyone listening, everyone watching, and everyone in here. That today the yoke, the psyops that the devil has played upon the people, that you don't love them will be broken. Whether someone told them that, they imagined that, however it got into their thinking and into their heart, I declare today by the power of God that that is a broken yoke right now. That those chains fall off of them and they will behold your beauty and realize, oh God, that you're singing over them and that you love them. Not because of their performance, but you just love them because that's who you are. Let that love go into their hearts and heal their bodies, Lord. I believe you for physical healing today because people come into the revelation of the love of God. Let their mental health be healed because they know that the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, loves them. Let them know how special they are, O oh Lord. How much of a great plan you have for them. How much of a great future you have for them. How special they are, Lord, that you sing over them. Lord, I declare that we'll never be the same because of your love. Lord, I pray that this message so resounds within their hearts that, oh Lord, that they'll share it with others. That people will see the glory of God on our faces. They will see the glory of God on our faces because we've come in contact with his love and they'll want it. Lord, I pray for a revival of your love, a revival in your love upon this land and upon your people. That with all the craziness, all the chaos, all the psyops being played on us, that right now, Lord God, your love would abound to the people. That your love would abound to your people. And that we would see it. We would see it. And Lord, I praise you for it and I thank you for it. So Lord, bless them now. Seal this word within their hearts, within their minds. Let it never be taken from them. And God, we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, church, let me have a few of my prayer team people come down just to be here. If you do need prayer, more prayer, we're here for you. Otherwise, God bless you. And go tell somebody God loves them today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.